0: Welcome to the Jeffrey Podcast. I'm John and I'm here with my brother Gordon. Hello. Hello. And we talk through the careers of different artists and rank their albums and we pick songs to put on a playlist as we go along. All of that playlist is on Spotify and we're also on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter with an at Jeffrey Podcasts handle thing. This episode, we're talking about White Stripes. So Gordon, we always ask first of all, how did you hear about the Detroit duo?
1: I think I probably just heard them on the radio. I haven't seen them live or anything like that. What about you?
0: My story is equally lame. Yes, I have no particular story whatsoever, just heard them on the radio. Probably around the time of Hotel Yorba or something like that. So that would be their third album, White Blood Cells. So probably around that time.
1: So yeah, similar. I think possibly a little bit later. I can't really remember. And I, was, I was working at Borders at the time and I did buy an album. But I can't remember which one it was. I think it might it was either White Blood Cells or Elephant I bought.
0: Yeah, well, I had those that cluster of sort of albums around the middle of the career when they peaked, and I'd never really listened to those early couple of albums, or even Icky Thump, actually, their last album, which they recorded after he'd already gone off and done the raconteurs. So for me, this was kind of. I knew those first, those sort of middle three albums quite well, but I was really kind of deepening my awareness of the White Stripes. How did you find the whole experience?
1: I thought it was quite interesting. I have read a couple of books about them, and I have sort of gained a lot of respect for, you know, their whole philosophy into the whole whole thing.
0: Well, what books did you read? Well, I
1: wrote a book. Sorry, I wrote. I read a book. So called, that's, That uh, is
0: real dedication.
1: It, it would be. Um, it would be pointless, because there are actually a few books around. So there's one called The White Stripes, 21st Century Blues by Dick Porter. And I also read Fell in Love with a Band by Chris Handyside.
0: We'll talk about their sort of biography in a minute, and then we'll talk about them obviously as we go through. Hmm. You said about the philosophy. I feel like I'm interviewing you here. Yeah, it's, it's, I've slipped into interviewer mode here, but um, I think that sort of reflects my the fact that you know a lot more about them than I do. So tell us what about you said you got respect for the philosophy? What's all that about?
1: Well, I think it, it's, it's partly to do with the music, and in fact, it's all it's all basically it all refers basically to the the Dutch dish style movement, which is about reduction of the form to essentials. So musically, obviously they're a duo and they try and keep it simple and musically, but also obviously with their style and their with the colour, of the three colours, because Jack White is also obsessed with the number three. So they use the, you know, the black, white and red on everything. And so this is all sort of referring to that, the, the, um, the dish style movement. Uh, he initially started off with red, white and yellow. I think when he... He had a business. He was an upholsterer beforehand, and all and, and he was using the, that philosophy then. And all his um, business cards and van and everything were all black, white, and yellow. And he changed it to red because he thought it was a bit more striking.
0: I could see him as an upholsterer. It does. It does look like the kind. His clothing tended to often look a bit like upholstery because there was something so kind of luxurious about it. The whole style wasn't that sort of gothic kind of weirdness about them which kind of almost looked like they had been upholstered rather than dressed
1: yeah i mean he fell into it a bit it was his next door neighbor brian muldoon who ended up being in a band with who basically just gave him a job and he started upholstering and then he started doing it on his own third man upholstery and and he was he was doing that so he fell into it but he did do business at um at school where a lot of his friends went and did sort of art based study he went and did business and i thought a lot of that is shown in how he, he carried on with the white stripes later on. He was quite savvy and seemed to have a good, sort of sensible mind and knew what he wanted.
0: Yeah, he does come across as a very high arty, as you say, and the reference to the style is quite an arty reference as well. So to think that he maybe chose business as his first major is quite surprising.
1: I mean a lot a lot of artists are self taught, aren't they?
0: Well yeah, in terms of their musical, is self taught guitarist or whatever, and maybe a self taught singer. But I'm just saying, I'm surprised he went into business rather than into an art degree. Just seems like an odd choice, but as you say, a savvy one.
1: Yeah, I think it did help him later on.
0: So but did you yes. enjoy? Did you enjoy the discovery of the music, considering the fact that a lot of this we'd never really heard before? Yeah, I think
1: most. I think I probably only heard pretty much two of those White Blood Cells and Elephant albums. I don't think I didn't have Get Behind Me, Satan. I only bought it recently, so I could do the um, cover for this podcast um, because I copied that basically. Um, so I think I only had those two albums. So yeah, it's, most of it was new to me, although obviously I've heard s- singles.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd only had Elephant, White Blood Cells, and I also had Get Behind Me, Satan. I had those three albums. I hadn't heard the other three, although I'd heard bits of Icky mm. Thump, as you say, as the singles, but I hadn't heard anything of the first two albums. So half of this was pretty much a voyage of discovery, and the other half was a bit of a voyage of nostalgia, because at the time, in that sort of early 2000s, I listened to them quite a lot, and I really liked their sort of fresh... As you said, minimalist, quite shambolic sound of just a guy on the guitar singing and this sort of fairly rudimentary drumming going along it, but sort of in this very glamorous, well presented, really clear, really striking image. I kind of I thought they were ace at the time. So this has been for me half a voyage of discovery and half a, a voyage of nostalgia, and I discovered that I don't like the White Stripes as much as I thought I did. Why, why is that? On, on the whole, I was kind of came away thinking, eh, they're all right. And there's certain moments that I like and, you know, I'm impressed with parts of some of the talent of, of Jack in particular. You know, he is he is a good singer, he's a good guitarist and um, I don't think he's great either, but he is good. But I don't know, I was kind of left feeling a little bit kind of cold. It all felt a little bit empty, a little bit... I got a little bit bored of the whole shambolic feel. That It all feels quite loose, a bit less so later in, the, in some of the later albums. I just felt a little bit bored by some of that and the, the kind of slightly one dimensional songs some of the sort of whimsy which is a bit annoying when you're only really playing with two instruments most of the time i know they do strain to other instruments at times obviously it's going to be fairly limited and and lyrically sometimes you sort of think well, that's that's a bit of a dodgy rhyme or that's a bit kind of shallow so i kind of i kind of yeah there were good points but mostly i thought ah i don't think the white stripes as good as i remember there you go yeah i'm, I'm yeah. Laying, think- laying my uh, cards out early this time
1: I do agree with a lot of that. I think that's probably a, li- it's a little bit harsh, but I, I I do agree largely, I would say.
0: Well, you know me, I'm a harsh fella.
1: Jack was basically running three bands. He was in, as I said, Go, and Two Star Tabernacle, and The White Stripes, who initially, I think they thought about calling them The Peppermints, which is the black and, not black and white, red and white swirly thing. Thus, they quite like, they thought these. Again, the simplicity and the childish simplicity. It all kind of co- comes into the same concept, really. But they eventually decided on the White Stripes. They thought it was a better name. And before they'd started, they got married. So Jack had changed his name to Jack White. His John Gillis by birth. John became Jack when he was quite young. And then, obviously, Gillis became White when, when he married Meg.
0: So is Meg's name, White?
1: Yes. Yeah, He t- he took her name. Right, okay. But they were basically um, split up before they started recording as far as I know. It's very early on. So we can probably start off then with the first album called The White Stripes 1999. So uh, bearing in mind what you've just said I think I know what you're going to say about this.
0: What am I going to say then?
1: That you find it a bit boring.
0: Uh, Well yeah I do to be honest. I do find it a bit boring. I think it's sort of it clearly lays out their manifesto doesn't it i mean you've got the all the ingredients there that kind of very drive simple drum beat going through it the sort of thrashy loose slightly shambolic guitar playing and that kind of slightly country feel delta bluesy thing rocky thing and his vocal feels a bit robert plant like in places i think he sounds a bit robert plant like but he just sort of feels like a lot of short songs like that that are perhaps a bit too short single idea just kind of thrashed around doesn't feel not to me not much stands out i think the big three killed my baby is probably the first song on there that caught my attention and made me think well okay there could be something here but for me it's kind of it's it's not a great album by any means what are your thoughts i think
1: similar really i i do there's not really anything outstanding on it and by the same token there's nothing terrible on it either it's also quite long It's 43 minutes of these, of generally quite short songs, and 17 songs. Yeah, and I just thought, there's nothing I particularly dislike on it, but it is quite a drag, to actually, a bit of a slog to get through the whole thing, and they haven't really introduced much other instruments, it is generally guitar and drums here, there is a bit of organ on one track and piano on another, but yeah, I think it, it it just seems overlong to me, and it just gets a little bit tiresome, even though it you know it isn't that bad an album or anything.
0: Well, I think it's a two star album. That that's where I've got it sort of placed, and I kind of yeah I don't disagree. There are a few things that I don't like on it. I would say so. I'm probably slightly harsher on it than you're being, but yes, it's very tiresome. By the time you're going through it, you think oh here we go again. It it doesn't feel like it's it, it's saying much really. Were you able to pick out any tracks then? Well, we're gonna have to because that's the rules. Yeah. So which tracks would you nominate?
1: I think I would nomin- I would nominate Jimmy the Exploder, and I like the Dylan cover, the One More Cup of Coffee. I think they are probably my two top two. I quite like and um, Cannon as well. Actually, that's my top three.
0: Okay, well I I also had the Dylan cover, the One More Cup of Coffee. I thought that was pretty good, and I also had the St James's Infirmary Blues, which is also a cover, which I I don't know if that's named after the St James's in Leeds, but I did quite like that one. I thought that was a a, a pretty decent song as well. What were the other ones you said? Cannon and Jimmy the Exploder, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I also quite like Do.
0: Well, Cannon and Jimmy the Exploder had sort of, they're okay. Nothing particularly. Do, similarly, okay. Broken Bricks? Yeah, that more so. Slightly preferred that one to, to the other ones you've mentioned. And also, The Big Three Killed My Baby was the other one that kind of was nearer the top of my list.
1: Yeah, I'm less keen on that one.
0: Okay. Well, we're definitely doing one more cup of coffee then. And then... You pick one of the other ones that you liked.
1: I think I would go Broken Bricks.
0: Okay, well that was the one that I rocked higher of the ones you said, so that's that's fine by me.
1: Yeah, I think St James Infirmary Blues is it was written while he was waiting for the number forty two to get back into town after being at St James's. It can be quite um, an unpleasant affair, hence the blues.
0: That would make sense. I mean, bus services in the Leeds area are pretty poor and pretty unreliable, so it would make sense that they have spawned many a blues number over the years.
1: Okay, so next, uh, the following year, we have a Dish Day, the second album. Do you think this is an improvement?
0: Yes, I do. I do. I think it's a lot neater. There seems to be a lot more to it. It's a a little bit less of that kind of uh, shambolic thing. It feels like there's a bit more a bit better songwriting, a bit more varied. <laughs> I think it's still quite bluesy and I'm not really a fan of the blues I find blues a little bit limited so it does still feel a little bit simple and straightforward for my taste and it still feels a bit Led Zeppelin in places I think there's the song Little Bird I don't know if you know the song the Led Zeppelin song In My Time Of Dying from Physical Graffiti but it sounds a lot like that to me so there's a a few kind of Led Zepp things in there but that's not a bad thing Led Zepp are great but um, some of the lyrics again I find a little bit clunky but you know it's definitely better yeah,
1: I think so. I mean, I've I've written it's it's not wildly different from the first album, except it's just a little bit better. Yeah, in, in every respect, I would say it's shorter, it's tighter. There's it's just better quality, even the recording. It's better balanced with the songs as well. Whereas I think with the first album, it's it's very samey throughout. Whereas there's a little bit more of a more variety here with the tracks.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there were bits, as I said, where they sound like Led Zeppelin. There's, I think, Apple Blossom. They sound a bit like the Beatles. It sounds a bit like Paul McCartney, Beatles thing. Uh, yeah, I just have the same thing. It's kind of a better version of the first album, really.
1: Yeah, and I think it shows, obviously, by making it a little bit shorter as well, it does actually make it stronger. Yeah. So what songs do you want to pick?
0: Okay, I think probably The Truth Doesn't Make a Noise and Boy's Best Friend would be my two top tracks. The Truth Doesn't Make a Noise was the first. I immediately liked it. And it's the first song that they recorded up to this point that I actually thought, I really like this song. I really like the first lyric. It sort of goes, my baby's got a heart of stone. And there's piano as well in it. There's a different instrument. It's a bit longer, a bit deeper. And I heard it. I thought, hey, up, you know, here we go. This sounds good. I hope this is a long one. It's not one of these over in 30 seconds. So it's the first time from listening to the first two albums, track eight, The Truth Doesn't Make a Noise, that I thought that and I got a bit excited so that would be my first nomination. And my second nomination is Boy's Best Friend. It's a bit limp. It feels like it's almost a bit slow for the sake of it. But I do I do think it's pretty good, actually. It grew on me.
1: OK. I mean, Truth Doesn't Make a Noise is my favourite off the album as well. Oh, OK. Well that's, so that's defin- definitely in there. Boy's Best Friend. I'm just going to have a quick listen. Yeah, it's OK. I mean, my, my, I think my second tap rated is I'm Bound to Pack It Up, which, again, is a bit of a sort of slower one.
0: Yeah, I've got that fairly high as well. I do quite like that one. I, li- I like the first two tracks. Uh, they-, they usually start with quite a strong opener, don't they? And I like You're Pretty Good Looking for a Girl. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good a pretty good track. Yeah, uh, Hello Operator I quite liked as well. And then uh, I- I- I'm about to pack it up, as you said. Death Letter I quite like as well. But th- they will be the only ones on my list. The other ones are really much of a muchness. They just all feel a bit samey. Yeah,
1: I'm okay with Death Letter as well, to be well, you're not?
0: Well, you're going to have to decide. You're just making it more complicated by agreeing with me.
1: Well, I would rule out Hello Operator. I don't like okay. that as much. You're pretty good looking for a girl if I'm fine with. Death Letter, I'm fine with. And the other one, that I'm bound to pack it up.
0: Well, I'll go for I'm bound to pack it up because that's the one you said first. And that's okay by me. That's on my list as well.
1: And we're agreed that Dishdal goes above. The yes, definitely, yeah. yeah. So, the next one... Two thousand and one is white blood cells. This, I think, is another progression. Definitely better again. Would you agree?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Much more structured, more complete songs. Just the songwriting just feels like it gets better every time. Really, just just more to it. And they've toned down the blues a bit, which is good news for me.
1: Yeah, I think they've still got. They're still very much a similar band. All these tracks on this one are actually written by Jack White, whereas obviously the previous two do have covers. As with sort of traditional music, more that you do tend to have covers more, don't you? But this is, I think, more of a progression into being their own band. The production does just, just sounds a little bit better as well.
0: Yeah, it, it sounds less amateur. The first couple of albums sounded a lot, a lot more ramshackle in that way, like they've been recorded in a shed. Whereas this does actually feel a little bit more like it's, a, as you say, a better produced album, just a, just a lot smarter sounding, a lot sharper.
1: Yeah, I think the first couple were basically. I don't know if they were literally, but sort of recorded at Jack's house, set up as a studio. Whereas this one, I think, was recorded in a sort of proper recording studio.
0: Yeah, I think you can tell.
1: I mean, he does quite, try and use analogue recording equipment. So he's kind of keeping the, sort of, the old school ethics, but um, it's just a little bit sort of higher quality.
0: Well, that whole lo-fi thing is very much their shtick, isn't it? They don't ever quite lose that, but you, no. can, you can take that too far. And I think at this point, they're getting a much better balance where they've still got the fairly sort of simple approach. Just the two people, the main most of the time, just the sort of two, maybe three instruments. So it's still cut kind of pretty pretty simple stuff. It's, you know, that, the style thing that you were talking about before, the style thing, it's still got a lot of that going, but it just feels a little bit better done, a bit more sophisticated, a bit more, just a bit more interesting, really.
1: Yeah, so what tracks would you pick?
0: Well, I like, probably my favourite two are Fell In Love With A Girl, And I think A Smell a Rat. And then third place might be The Union Forever. Although I also like the first two tracks quite a lot as well. I do quite like Dead Leaves and the Dirty Ground and Hotel Yorba, but less so.
1: So The Union Forever, which is actually one of the, I think, one of the older tracks, but got used on this album, obviously. That's up there for me as well. So we could pick that one. Okay. I really like, I'm finding it harder to be a gentleman, which you haven't mentioned
0: no, that's not one that I'm that into. I find that a little bit dull. It just feels like it just takes a slow turn and just goes into a sort of a fairly generic blues predictable thing. What
1: else did you say? Did you say I
0: Can't Wait? I didn't.
1: Well, what about the first track then, The Dead Leaves and the Dirty Ground? Because that's one of my top ones as well.
0: Well, what about the one I said? I Think I Smell Which a Rat. Was... I Think I Smell a Rat. Okay,
1: you can put that on if you want.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, because that is yeah. for me that's the top track on the album.
1: OK, it's more mid-table for me, but um, I'm, I'm OK with that. White Blood Cells goes to the top.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's massively better than Just Steel, but yes, I do think it is on the whole better, yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's massive difference between any of their albums, to be honest, when we're ranking.
0: No, I agree with you, actually. I mean,
1: there is a definite progression with these three, but it's, this is the ranking, I think, is going to get harder and harder to work out where they where they actually go.
0: Yeah, I mean... It, Going on my point system, as I said, the White Stripes, the first album was a two-star album, the second was a two and a half-star album, the Steel, and this is also a two and a half-star album, but it does get slightly—it's two point five six as opposed to two point five three, so or two point five four if we're rounding up. So it's pretty razor thin, but obviously the numbers only tell half the story. I think it's ra- it is razor thin. This album's slightly longer; it's got more songs on it. A few of them are quite weak, but it's also got higher highs and just feels a bit tighter, more complete. a Bit bit better so i do think that's the right order but i don't i I do think it's pretty pretty slim the gap Mm. between them and somebody might argue it the other way preferring the kind of slightly lo-fi rora sound and you know wouldn't have much of a case against that argument
1: no i think i've while listening to these i have kind of changed my mind in between white blood cells blood cells and deal,
0: i can see why
1: i think i'm at the moment i think i'm still back with white blood cells being a little bit better there's not a lot between them.
0: No, I kind of wanted to like De steel more because I just thought it'd be more interesting to like one of the less obvious albums more, but it just didn't work out that way. And I've got to call them like I see them.
1: You do, got to stay true to yourself.
0: Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, what do we have left?
1: Nothing, we have nothing. So let's skip on to Elephant 2003.
0: Yeah, their big sort of smash hit on this one, of course, with the Seven Nation Army. I guess that's the song that's probably paying the bills still today. So I guess they must have broken really through at this point into the mainstream consciousness. Um, and they were pretty big at this time, weren't they now? They're, they're now getting pretty big.
1: Yeah, I think so. this is kind of the time when they were they were headlining um, Glastonbury and that kind of thing. So on the back of White Blood Cells and then these singles coming out, they just were sort of the the, the biggest band at the time by far, I think, in Britain.
0: Yeah, and I think this album is... It's similar in the sense that it's it still sounds very much like the White Stripes. They haven't lost any of that. They've really kept hold of that. I, but again, I think better songwriting, better structure, tighter stuff, all a bit sharper. Each step is kind of a little bit less shambolic. You know, Each step just feels to be going a little bit more, I suppose, a bit more normal, but still very White Stripesy. There's some low points on here, I think, in the Cold Cold Night. Meg, bless her, isn't a great singer. So I don't think that really works. And the sort of the last track of the album, although, you know, me and whimsy, I like I like to take things seriously. I like albums to be taken seriously. And to me, that last one, it's all that sort of cutesy whimsy, some very odd, clunky lyrics. It's got a sort of a bit of charm about it with that kind of it makes me laugh when they sort of go, let's celebrate. Let's have a cup of tea at the end, which is such an English thing to say. But I just kind of think it feels like a bit of a behind the scenes cutesy mucking around with uh, with Holly Golightly. And she can sing really well, so it's, so that kind of saves it. But I just kind of think, I don't want that on an album. It's a bit silly. That should be a B-side.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I was going to say all that. I mean, part of doing this podcast is actually the reason that it kind of came along, is the fact that you know is respecting albums and taking them as a serious piece of art. Yes. And when you do that, you don't put shit like that on it. It's just, it apparently took him half an hour to write, and they just knocked it together. And I just think that like, it's just... I mean, it's embarrassing, and it, it, it's—I it's, oh, don't well, know. You, 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 I don't want to go too much because you've actually pretty much sort of said it. But it is—you know—I'm okay with like the the talking at the end, but the song itself, I think, is dreadful.
0: Yeah, it's it's not, and, and I to actually quite...
1: sully your album, your piece of art with it, I think is is not good. It's a little bit overlong anyway, so it's fifty minutes. So they could actually lose ten minutes off this al- the whole album.
0: Well, they could certainly they could certainly lose that song, despite Holly Golightly's. Like these- very good singing, and I think that does stand out, possibly because she's a much better singer than Meg, I guess. Mm. But, but also, you know, it is quite funny at the end. But yeah, they could certainly lose that song. And the very weird lyrics in it, like, I've got your number in the back of my Bible. Seriously? what? Who who writes people's numbers in the back of their Bible? I mean, it's just not a good use of a Bible, is it? Or or a handy place to write people's phone numbers. It just fails on every count.
1: I don't think he's that religious either, so I'm not sure he'd be like, He'd be carrying his Bible around.
0: I thought they were fairly religious in a sort of a, a American way that a lot of Americans are, which feels sort of culturally odd to us in Europe. Yeah,
1: possibly. I mean, it wasn't in the books I read. It wasn't really broached upon. It was more about the music.
0: Do you have anything else to say about their album that I didn't say?
1: Not really. Just, just really, it's a similar step on, isn't it, from the other ones? There's a bit more keyboard in it. It's a, it's a slightly more sort of professional, mature sound. And then I was going to go on a rant about that last song, but you kind of um, stole my thunder a little bit there.
0: Yeah, sorry about that.
1: So, shall we pick songs?
0: So, I think I can probably guess which song isn't going to go on there. Yeah. Well, Seven Nation Army is, of course, the most recognisable song, the big hit, and I do like it. Uh, it's probably not quite as good a song as uh, as its fame suggests, but it is still good fun. and I, I do quite like it. So, it's certainly in my top few for the album, as is Black Math. My favourite is probably Ball and Biscuit, so that's probably which is the longest song. But I do, I do really like that. So they're probably my top three, and then maybe the one after that might be, I want to be the boy to warm your mother's heart. That might okay. be my fourth, perhaps. So that, that's my starting so shall place. So
1: we put that one in because that's one of my top ones? Is that's the only one we really properly overlap on.
0: I want to be the boy to warm your mother's heart. Correct. Okay. Oh, you're not going for Ball and Biscuit.
1: Well. I'm happy to put that in, but it's it wasn't in my top few. I mean, I do have Seven Nation Army, but I want to resist putting that in.
0: Or just on principle? Well,
1: yeah, I mean, what, what I, I have... principle might that be? Well, because I have thought of four top songs. She's Seven Nation Army, I Want To Be The Boy To Warm Your Mother's Heart, Little Acorns, and Girl You Have No Faith In Medicine I liked as well.
0: Okay, well, Little Acorns I had marked quite low in comparison.
1: Okay, so that's out.
0: Girl, you have no faith in medicine. Yeah, I quite like that, I think. Do I? No, I don't. Sorry. I mean, no, Bowl okay. and
1: Biscuit I do quite like. It just wasn't in my top sort of four or five.
0: Well, I'm happy with Seven Nation Army. And I have no principal stance, which argues that I can't choose it. And I, and I don't think you do really either.
1: No, I think if it's both in our top few as well, we, sh- we should pick it. I was just hoping we wouldn't. Yeah. But, well, but it is actually a very good song. It does, in a way, sum up kind of what is good about The White Stripes. Because it is incredibly simple yes. and catchy pop song and a rock song as well.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's a good argument for it, I suppose. Right. Shall we move on to the next album? Yes, we shall.
1: Okay. So that is Get Behind Me Satan from 2005. Yep. What did you make of this one?
0: Well, I quite like this. Now, this is sort of getting a bit more experimental and... There are times when it sort of feels a little bit obvious. It's still a bit whimsical in places. And it starts to sometimes feel like we're going all over the place. But on the whole, I do like it. I think Blue Orchid's great fun. I love the marimba. I think it is in the song The Nurse. There's some bluegrass in the middle. There's kind of that wrong with bluegrass, exactly. I mean, you're more up on bluegrass than I am. But that's the point where I started to think this feels a bit like an eclectic mixed bag of stuff rather than a coherent album. So I sort of I like it. I like the fact that it's trying to sound a bit different. I like the fact there's experimentation. I think there's some good songs here that that I do that 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 do stand out. But it doesn't feel like particularly coheres as an album.
1: Yeah, I think I I largely agree. I don't think it does work as an album. And it is, like you say, moving towards a more sort of eclectic sound. But yeah, I mean, I do I did quite like this album. but I think they've, they've maintained the standard and there's no sort of horrible track like the previous album. No,
0: no, there's no Duffer. No, absolutely not. I think my favourite tracks are probably Blue Orchid, which I do really like. I think that's probably their strongest kick-off song. Of, and, and they are pretty good at kicking off with, with good songs. The Nurse yeah. I really like. Uh, I do like, the, it's slightly slower, it's got the marimba in, which I do really like. The Doorbell's okay. The Denial Twist, that's pretty good.
1: That was an old. That's an old track as well. Oh, is it?
0: And, yeah. and then take, take, take. I do quite like as well.
1: So I had as my. I think top two. I've got my doorbell and take, take, take. And then I've got I think blue orchid, the and the denial twist. So we're pretty much in agreement here.
0: Well, when you say there's no dodgy track, there is passive manipulation.
1: Fair point. Yeah. I'd forgotten I'm about not that. Not sure why I have rated it so highly, actually. But uh,
0: I, I, well, I, I didn't rate the track because it's only thirty-five seconds, so I just kind of ignored it. Okay. Uh, I thought that was kinder to everyone.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yes, I think you're probably right. Should have just been left off.
0: So, so we go for. It sounds like we want to go for take, take, take. We both said that. Yes. And I, I quite like all the last three tracks actually. As ugly as I seem, red rain, and I'm I'm lonely, but I ain't that lonely yet. I do like all three of those as well, but I'd probably say Blue Orchid, because you said that as well. Yeah. I yeah, think it's a cracking so. crack pop tune, that. It's so full of energy. It's so bouncy. I think it's great.
1: So we've, we've accidentally messed with our format in the fact that we haven't ranked Elephant.
0: Oh, no. Didn't we rank Elephant? No. Oh, right. Well, for me, it goes above White Blood Cells, so it goes to the top. Okay. Yeah,
1: I think I'm, I'm okay with that. And then get behind me, Satan. Where does that go?
0: Well, for me, that goes above Elephant. I think it's... I I like the eclectic nature. I do like the experimentation. I like the fact it's a bit different. I like the fact there's marimbas involved and and more instruments. So for me, it goes above that.
1: Right. I mean, for me, it doesn't, I think. But to be honest, again, there's so little in it. So I don't really mind it going above because I can see why. And to be honest, as well with Elephant, Elephant has the... Well, it's true that we love in one another track, so it should be punished in some way. So I'm actually I think I'm okay.
0: Okay, so you're happy for Elephant to be pushed into number two out of spite, yes, rather than musical. <laughs> Anything else? Well,
1: it, it it's number two.
0: Yeah, it's that no, though it, it, it's still pretty high. Yeah. And, uh, if if we were going to get super harsh though, we would we would probably punish we'd probably punish Get Behind Me Satan as well. For passive manipulation but it's not quite as well I think it's worse actually as a song but it's just less like it's only 35 seconds it just feels like less of a big deal yeah
1: I don't think it is worse but it certainly has less less impact
0: well I think it is worse
1: it's hidden within the album and you can sort of move on easy whereas I think with Elephant it it's, it's how it leaves it you know that's your last memory of the album and it's it's no way to behave
0: no I I, I would agree I would I would agree with that part, but I, I actually think, just taking those isolated songs, I would never ever in my life spend any moment listening to passive manipulation. It just wouldn't happen. Whereas I could listen to Well, it's true that we love one another. If it were a B-side, it would have a place and you go, oh, that's a fun bit of women's he a nice bit with Holly Golightly there. They're having a bit of a laugh. Jack's writing odd things in the back of his Bible. and You'd, you'd sort of go, oh, okay, shrug that one off. But I don't think that passive manipulation could survive even on the B-side. Even on the B-side, you'd go, that's weak. I'd rather do what Wham! did when they released Wake Me Up Before You Go Go, when they released an instrumental version of Wake Me Up Before You Go Go on the B-side. I would have rather heard an instrumental version of Wake Me Up Before You Go Go rather than passive manipulation. And when the it- instrumental version of Wake Me Up Before You Go Go still had them saying things like beats per minute and things like that. It just didn't have the main vocal track. So it was worse than you were imagining.
1: Well, no, it's, it's a karaoke version, surely. Well, this is
0: pre-karaoke.
1: Well, everybody sings along to songs, though.
0: Oh, OK, you can defend that if you like. That's the one yeah. you want to die on.
1: I would personally rather have an instrumental version of Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go on a B-side rather than either of those two songs.
0: Well, I, I'm saying that uh, about... And I will
1: be more interested in the white White Stripes take on it
0: well, I'd be interested in their take on Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. That's true, actually. Yeah, that's a good point. Definitely that might more happen. listening to those two songs. <laughs> that might happen. It's, yeah. it's unlikely, seeing they've now split up. But you never know. They get together and, and do some old Wham covers.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they're still friends. They, they may well do something again.
0: Yeah, I think it's very sweet, the fact that they had split up and I think got divorced, as you said, and yet they stayed friends, stayed band members. I mean, that's quite sweet, really.
1: Yeah. It was obviously uh, not too big a falling out, but uh, it's nice that they could uh, sort of stay as friends.
0: Should we go on to Icky Thump?
1: Yes, let's yes, do it's that. It's the
0: oddly titled Icky Thump, and we, we're we not talking about the album covers because we're going to talk about them in the bit at the end, the the outro, but it is, just to mention, it is the only album cover which isn't hasn't got that same thematic, black, white and red, but we're not going well, to it talk d- it about does. that. It does. Well, not in the same way.
1: Not in the same way, but it, it does. But they do as well... Early on as well, the White Stripes, a record deal did fall through because the record company's logo was green. Really? And the, yeah, and neither party would back down. So the, the record deal fell through because Jack White wouldn't have it green and the record company would not change.
0: Oh, good for them for sticking to the principles of the White Stripes, yeah. I mean. I, I would have thought the record company could really get around that because nobody cares.
1: Yeah, I think it also, has, I, from the record company's point of view it could actually be a bit of a novelty in the fact of, you know, make the logo red, white, or black, or whatever.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I just think it wouldn't matter. It seems an obvious thing
1: to do, but yeah. yeah.
0: Well, anyway, we get on to Icky Thump. What do you think of Icky Thump?
1: Well, I think they've, they've taken the eclecticness here up another step or 12. <laughs> and it it really is up and down. And there are a couple of really good tracks on here that I really do like, but there's a couple of the sort of weaker tracks as well so it's possible. you know it's got some of my sort of if i was doing a best of white stripes there'd definitely be a couple of tracks from here but if i was also doing a worst of there'd be a couple of tracks on here definitely as well right but um i like it just you know it's again it is a little bit more polished you know production wise and i think it is starting to sort of move away from their their sort of usb you know of being this sort of garage rock band that's and it is sort of probably a bit too far gone here. So I think it's got one of my least favourite tracks as well with Rag and Bone. I don't like all that talking this nonsense on it.
0: I don't particularly mind Rag and Bone, actually. But otherwise, I do tend to sort of agree with you. I think it is definitely the sort of smartest-sounding album in terms of its... I think it's after The Raconteur, so he's sort of upped his game a little bit in terms of his songwriting and, and the way he's trying to pull it together. As you said, sort of move on from the garage sound. So I think that comes through. And there's something... Like the song Icky Thump, I think, as a, another strong album starter... And I do quite like it, but it feels like it's trying a little bit too hard to sound a bit different in the sense that it sort of just seems to suddenly lurch into squealy guitars that just feel like they've been put in there for the sake of a little bit. Mm. It's sort of trying to be a bit bonkers, but it feels sort of bonkers by numbers a little bit. Yeah, it does kind
1: of feel a bit like sort of trying too hard.
0: Yeah, I do think it's a good song, Icky Thump. And um, 300 miles an hour. That song, 300 Miles Now, Torrential Outpour Blues, I think is really strong. Possibly the greatest song of their entire catalogue, I would say. I kind of really like the gentleness of it. There's a kind of quite intimate intimacy to the vocal. And the lyrics really work, I think, on this. And they're sort of moving away from this kind of crappy, dodgy rhymes or the sort of silliness. It's still got some of those squealy guitar breaks, which, which in this, I think, really do work. They kind of give it a bit of life. But then there's other points where they sound like "conquest" to me sounds like "muse". You know when "muse" sounds a bit like "queen", that's where yeah. "conquest" sounds a bit like "muse" trying to sound like "queen". <laughs> and when it first started, I wondered if it if it jumped to an advert because I was listening on Spotify. It just sounded so odd and so different with that keyboard beginning. And then a song like "bone broke" it feels to me a bit placebo-y, or at least the vocal did. It's sort of a bit Brian Molko-y. And then you got songs like Prickly Thorn, which I thought, what the hell's going on here? We'd suddenly sort of landed in the middle of Scotland or Ireland or something. So it, again, it does feel a little bit eclectic, a bit up and down, as you say. But but pretty good. It, it's certainly an enjoyable album. And it does have those couple of high points.
1: Yeah. So you're going to pick 300 miles per hour, torrential outpour blues as one of your tracks.
0: Yeah, that's one of my favourite. That would definitely be on the best of. As I say, it's probably one of my favourites of of all all time. When I say all-time, I mean the White Stripes discography.
1: Yeah, I think my track that I really like, "A Martyr for My Love for You as well.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like all three of the last three tracks, actually, and that one I do quite like as well. That was the last three tracks, the first three tracks, are kind of what what I like best. And, yeah, I'll
1: say first three, last four, I would say.
0: Okay, well, we disagree then.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. But you okay picking those two tracks? I've
0: forgotten what they were now. What was your other one? No oh, um, matter, for a Power? yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's fine, yeah.
1: Okay. And where would you rank the album here?
0: Um <laughs> So I think
1: this one is the the sort of the problem with the ranking. Cuz so when I when I look at my numbers, it ranks sort of alongside White Blood Cells. But White Blood Cells I think is a more consistent album. I think Icky Funk gets there because it's got some real high points which are then dragged down by some of the lower points. I think their other albums generally are a lot more consistent.
0: So you would put it below White Blood Cells? Well. Between White Blood Cells and De it, Well,
1: it's basically on a, on a level with White Blood Cells. I know we don't do Draws, but that's kind of where it is, so I'm hoping you're going to either drag it up above or below White Blood
0: Cells. Well, I had it above, so I can, I can just cut to the chase. Okay. And I, I had it just below Elephant. And I think it's really much on the strength of those two or three tracks, which I think are really good. So, I just think their highs have got higher, but it also feels like it was the right time to stop being the White Stripes. It does feel like they're running out of steam. So, it's kind of a band that have got better, got more skillful, writing better songs, producing stuff better, doing everything better, but running out of steam.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I agree. Because, so I, I, as I said, I, I think there are sort of at least three tracks that I would definitely have on a best of, which I'm not sure any other album will put three tracks on. And so, so, I think it goes from that point, but. Like I said, I think you're right, it's it, it is kind of all over the place, the album a bit, and there are a couple of really sort of low points for me as well.
0: Yeah, I'd put three tracks from Elephant on if I were doing the best of as well. But that apart you know, just getting picky here now, I mean I certainly could pick three tracks from any of the last last few albums, any struggle with the first, which I think definitely belongs at the bottom.
1: No, I agree, I think if the first album is definitely they should be at the bottom. And the rest, there isn't actually that much difference between the other ones. I like them sort of all similar level.
0: Yeah, I would agree. But I do think Elephant and Get Behind Me Satan are just slightly ahead of the pack. So I do think we've got the order pretty much mm. correct. I'm fairly comfortable with that.
1: Final thing on Icky Thump is the name of the album. It comes from Jack. Jack's partner at the time was from Oldham in Lancashire. And she used to say Icky a lot of the time. And he misheard it and thought it was Icky Thump and just quite liked it. And that's where it comes from.
0: Ah, that is interesting. Yeah, because obviously the expression Icky Thump, I know, know pretty well, being being Northern English people ourselves, we know that expression. I thought it was me that had misheard it for years when I saw it here as Icky Thump. Because I don't think I'd ever seen Icky Thump written down despite having heard it you know, quite a lot over the years.
1: Didn't The Goodies or somebody do a song about it?
0: Probably. It does sound, does sound familiar now you say it. If it's a bill oddy number do you think
1: something like that yeah i'm, I'm fairly sure so i really i knew it was ecky from I, I did wonder whether it had come from that
0: yeah that sounds familiar now you're saying it well bill, bill Oddie was the musical genius in the goodies so was it would he? have been yeah the sort of eric idol figure hmm. of the goodies so i, I said it would have been him but yeah that does sound familiar now you say it yeah but when i saw it here i, I, I maybe i'd forgotten that i don't know but i just kind of thought have i had that wrong all these years but no, it turns out Jack White's wrong and I'm right, so that's good news. So the final ranking is: at the bottom is their debut, The White Stripes.
1: And then in fifth place is De Style.
0: And then above that is White Blood Cells.
1: And then third is Icky Fump.
0: Then Elephant is second.
1: And Get Me Behind Me Satan is top. Okay, time has passed since we went through the White Stripes albums. So the first section we're going to do here is, in, is look at the album covers. They obviously have a very definite style here, going back to the dish style, and Jack's also obsession with number three. So there are some references to three, the obvious one being the three colours. And all the record covers do follow this style. Icky Thump, I think, stands out as being a little bit different. Do you like the record covers? How do you How do you see them?
0: Yeah, I do. I think they've the whole thing about the white stripes is they've always had like brilliant style not not just on the record covers, but the way they look the way they dress the kind of the strut that they have the whole thing about them i think stylistically i think they think they're brilliant and i think it comes through on the record covers as well the first one the white stripes i think is a great record cover It's sort of like old film isn't it and again it's just three three frames of film going back to your point about there being three and it looks it's it to me, it just captures the whole point you've got the red white, black, you've got the glamour of those two good looking people uh you've got the kind of slightly old fashioned sort of oldie worldly basic analog look of it the whole thing as well I, I think it's great, it's a really, really strong cover, very eye catching
1: yeah, I think that so. they've also got the the peppermint there, which is the you know that childish simplicity symbol and the actual peppermint, oh yeah. They're also they are stood in front of their local fire station door. and That's what the red is, and they dashed down when it was freshly painted to, to get this picture done.
0: Ah, that's 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 a nice touch, isn't it? I, I like that a lot. I like the fact that they go to the effort of trying to do things like that as well. You know, give it a bit more meaning. It's not just a dashed-off photo or whatever. It is actually sort of thought through, even down to that level.
1: Yeah, and I do think I think this of their record covers is my favourite. I mean, just that simplicity. And like you say, I think it does just sum up everything about them.
0: Yeah, I think I agree with you On in, in terms of it being my favourite. I, I like them all. I don't think there's a duffer among them. But yeah, it probably is. I mean, because the next one, the style, is probably my least favourite cover. It's still good, you know, but it's just them standing. There's a lot of white in this one, a bit more abstract. To me, it's, it's not as striking as the others, but still manages to kind of keep quite white stripesy. But probably for me, it's the least good cover. De I probably, yeah. I'm mis- probably mispronouncing this half the time. It's stiel, I think. Is it? Well, I keep my intention is to say the correct pronunciation, so just assume that's what I'm saying.
1: And um, but yeah, I think that obviously it does have all the um, elements. The, the elements, yeah, you expect from that. But I do, I agree, it's nowhere near as effective as on other album covers.
0: No, and, and similarly, sort of white blood cells, it's, it's again, it's a good cover. It's still them. It's got the red, white and black and them sort of surrounded by a group of people. It's, it's fine. And again, it, it just screams right stripes. So it's good, but it's just not... They set the bar so high initially, didn't they? Yeah,
1: I think the the Black Shadows are meant to be paparazzi. Yeah. Castling them. But yeah, it, it does have all the, again, the, of the key elements. Um, it's not as striking as the first one, but it is an improvement on, on dish style.
0: Yeah. And I think Elephant is an improvement again. I really do like this cover. I think it's probably my second favorite. It feels very sort of second or third favorite, maybe, but it feels very lush to me, very sort of velvety and and it's going back to that point about feeling upholstered. I don't know. It's just got that feeling about it to me. I don't know. If, I don't know if you know what I mean. It's got some yeah, warmth I'd, to it, maybe.
1: I think if we kind of bundle the next two yeah. in together, because I think they they both have that that red is so sort of rich and lush and really does kind of come out I maybe
0: think. that's it yeah
1: and yeah the the images are incredibly striking i do like the covers less than the first album but they are incredibly striking covers and i think that's something that because it's the three colors and everything all the covers are quite striking and you can imagine in a record shop on a wall or a rack with other albums these are always going to stand out
0: yeah, yeah. And you're and gonna I think reco- the
1: exception to that is Icky Thump. Well,
0: you're going to recognise them across the room, aren't you, as, as White Stripes albums, pretty much. But then Icky Thump is a complete departure. Well, not complete, because you, as you insist. Now, you insist that this still sticks to the three colours. Well, it
1: does, because there's, there's red, white and black. And grey. Well, there is grey as well, yeah. Which is the colour. But color. I think you could probably find grey on most of the others. There is definitely grey on Get Behind Me, Satan.
0: Even so... It is predominantly grey. This cover, and there's hardly any red in it. So there's a reasonable amount of black, a little bit of white, hardly any red, and it's predominantly grey. So I think it's, I, I think it's reasonable to argue that this, this is a departure from the theme.
1: I think it, it feels a little bit. I want to say sort of lazy. It's kind of like just yeah, that they they kind of lost a bit of their sort of spirit in it. Which, if you listen to the album, I just don't think it's the case. But. It just kind of feels a bit more thrown together compared to with the others. And they probably thought, "Oh, we've got this picture; this'll do." And I'm sure that's not the case. And it's completely was taken for this reason. And but yeah, there's something about it that just doesn't seem right. It just doesn't fit with the other record covers.
0: No, it does. It does, That's a good point, actually, because it's a good picture of them. It's perfectly fine. But it's that's all it is. It's just a band picture that would be decent on the inside cover or something like that but as an album cover, they've always done something extra special, not only with mm. the red being so prominent but also the symbolism of what they're doing whereas this does appear to be just them sitting around looking looking great, looking cool but yeah, it, it, you're right it does feel like they haven't put the same thought in and you said that doesn't feel like that on the album but I, I said at the time, I thought the album did feel like the end of the White Stripes, sort of the running out of steam thing and it did feel like they needed to sort of do something different Go, go in a different direction or call it a day.
1: I think maybe because we did say, you know, it's quite eclectic and maybe they were kind of thinking we need to do something a bit different from the previous albums and were kind of like a little bit unsure of how to do that or what to do.
0: Well, yeah, that's normal, isn't it? Bands often kind of struggle a little bit to reinvent themselves and, you know, find their feet. And perhaps mm. a, perhaps the next album would have, would have helped establish something different from them I don't know but obviously we never got it so
1: and I think going back to the album cover I think obviously the 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 other ones they are really very bold and striking and this one I think because it's all black and white and behind them there is the background and that's all greys and shadows and everything and it's just not a bold image all the others are quite bold striking images this isn't they get lost in the background of of the greys and the you know the trees and the the background behind them
0: yeah yeah if you squinted you wouldn't know that, that. Well, even if you didn't squint, you wouldn't know it was a White Stripes album. Whereas in the others, you would. Do we have any extra tracks candidates?
1: We do. And when when I was looking for them as well, in a, a feather in Icky Thump's cap was I was looking going through B sides. I was more interested in listening to the B sides from the Icky Thump era because I thought it was less. I thought it was more likely to produce produce gems because I do think it's. As I said, so the, the best points on on that album are, I think, my favourite, White Strike, Strike, generally.
0: Yeah, the high, high points, isn't it? That was it. certainly, I thought so, for 300 miles an hour, Torrential Outpour Blues, which I think was probably my favourite track of theirs overall. Yeah.
1: So anyway, so the first track, when I'm nominating, is not from that era, but it's the, the cover, I mean, it's B-side of Hello Operator, so the cover of Jolene.
0: Okay. I think this is, a, what's your legal basis for claim, putting this on the playlist?
1: Well, it's it's just a a jolly cover of a good song.
0: That's that's the the hallmark of a man who hasn't prepared his legal argument, isn't it?
1: Well, I didn't realise I had to have a legal argument.
0: How long have you known me? A, f- a few years. So, I mean, I think In Jolene's Favour is fact that it's great, it's good, it's a really good cover. I think that's, that's true. I also think that there is something generally quite humorous about The White Stripes. They've a lot of their kind of stylistic strut and all of the things we've mentioned has is a bit tongue in cheek. It's a little bit pantomime. I think they aspire to make great music and they and they obviously succeed. But at the same time there is there is an element of them not taking themselves that seriously, isn't there?
1: Yeah. I think that but I think mean, Jolene is actually a good song. It's not like a sort of comedy novelty song.
0: No, it's not. So anyway, my point of it was was to argue in favour, saying that it kind of adds adds a sort of a a slight humorous spark to the list.
1: Well, I think so. I think that's the inter- in going back to legal argument is that is what we need to look at is are the extra tracks adding something t- to the list we've put together, and I think this does that.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. So I, I think that's motion carried.
1: Okay, that stays. The other thing I was looking at as well is the live album. Okay. And I just picked a couple of tracks off there that I thought would be would be good. So I've picked Fell In Love With A Girl, because I just think it's quite a good song. And I also picked I'm Slowly Turning To You, because that is one of my favourite White Stripe songs. And we didn't get it onto the list through normal purposes.
0: Well, we didn't get Fell In Love With A Girl either, did we? Which was one of my favourites, so...
1: Yeah, well, there you go.
0: Um, well, they are both really good live tracks. And I think what's good about them as well is they really illustrate very well i think just how great the right stripes were live there's a, there's so much energy in there and there's you know it, it's it's just rocking along you know and it, it just they sound brilliant i think both of them so i think they're really good illustrations of what the band are like live and i wonder if this this has perhaps inspired me to to suggest an additional rule where appropriate if there is a live track which does illustrate how good the band are live Considering our our joint love of live music, perhaps that should always be added to this playlist.
1: Well, we should maybe always consider it. Are you thinking about going back over playlists here?
0: No, no, I'm, I'm not. No, no, I'm not suggesting we apply it retrospectively. Although we okay. could, Although we could, it wouldn't be particularly difficult. No. But that's perhaps something that we can discuss at the end of this season. Yeah. But just going forward, my 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 thinking about including one of these is they are they do offer a great illustration of how great they were live, and I think. For me, uh, my my love of music comes from my love of live music, and therefore I like to sort of hear how good a band are live. What are their concerts like? How much energy is there? You know, how how would it feel being there? So I think it's it's a nice thing to add on as a as an illustration to give us mm. give us that dimension of, of, of a band. So I'm I'm suggesting that we always look at it.
1: Well, I mean, I do, I have generally been looking at it anyway because I do look at what else is around there. So to so which one of these two? Well, I was going to suggest leave them both.
0: Oh, gosh, that's... um, okay. because I've got no reason other other than pedantry. I've got no argument, really. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it does work better as well because obviously one of them is one of your favourite tracks and one of them is one of my favourite tracks. Yeah. So it it does work on that level as well. So generally that leaves us with the playlist. I think it's a fairly good playlist. I think with them, generally, we sort of like some on some records and some on others, so we've got... I do think we have a reasonably balanced playlist. In terms of being the, the actual ranking, I think it's really hard because I think the top four albums could be in pretty much any order for me. The bottom two are in the right order. But otherwise, I think I'm sort of quite happy now with our playlist. I think it's good.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm happy with the playlist. I'm happy with the songs on it. And I'm happy with the order. I, I would say for me that probably the, the the top two albums are slightly are clearly in one and two and you could probably put them in whichever order, but I think it's the right order, in my opinion. And then I think the next three albums, and I think, so therefore I'm including De Style* in that, mm. I think the next three albums, you could more or less check them up in the air and whichever way they landed would be fine. Although, again, I do think we've got it about right. And I, I think the, the, the clear sixth place is The White Stripes. So I'm happy with the order. say I, I, I slightly disagree with you how I'd group them, but I'm happy with the order and I'm happy with the tracks, really it's kind of unusually so I think we've cracked this one